Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning and thank you for technology. And uh, even when technology is not cooperating, uh, we know that you're still in charge. And so we just thank you this morning that, um, that we get to come together, that I get to uh, join my son this morning and uh, uh, learn more about you, Lord. And uh, we just ask you again to help uh, eliminate distractions and clutter. Um, and for uh, listeners, whether they're listening live right now or they listen later today, Holy Spirit, that you would, um, that you would speak clearly to them words that are encouraging, um, words that are unifying, uh, and words that are honoring. Help us honor you today, Lord. Thank you for Dakota. Thank you for his leadership this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. Dakota, you're my first son. Thank you for leading again. Of course. Yeah, happy, happy to do it. Um, yeah, excited to share a couple things. Yeah. I'm going to also say just a quick prayer. Yeah. Ask Father that uh, just ask Father that you would help me to articulate these things really clearly, and that it would be uh, of benefit and and usefulness for drawing people this morning to yourself. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So, um, I asked you, what do you want me to talk about? Mm -hmm. And you said, talk about your perspective on leadership. Uh, and I thought, well, that's vague. (laughs) So there's a lot of things that I could talk about, uh, (laughs) with leadership. And so I just started praying, started asking God, what, what do you want me to talk about what is what's important to you for this morning and I started having a story and some scripture come to mind and and a little application so I think God has given me you know hopefully 15 minutes worth of uh, stuff for us to consider this morning so we'll go with that yeah the the theme that really was coming to mind was identity identity and you know, I think of identity and I start asking myself, who am I? What am I? Why am I? You know, some good deep questions for 7.15 in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think, you know, for a lot of us, we find identity in all sorts of things. Um, our reputation, how smart we are, intelligence, uh, this day and age, our political group, um, all sorts of things. And, and probably the most common one for those listening is we find our identity in our job. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that, that, that random conversation with somebody, who are you? You know, I'm Dakota, I'm Jerry. The very next question is, what do you do? No doubt. You know, so I think, for, I think for a lot of people, identity is found in, in their work. And so one of the challenges with this is when our identity is placed in the wrong thing, when those things start to fail us, they have the potential of crushing us. Mm. So what I wanted to share a quick story of a quick ish story of is when I had this kind of experience happen to me and I actually have a reminder. I have a, what came out of it was this gift that sits on my desk. It's it's probably the best gift I've ever received. And it sits on my desk and it reminds me of this theme. Years ago, I worked at, a company called Torch Prep, and many of you maybe are probably familiar with that company. Some of you may have worked there, even. And 
when I started working there um, years ago, one of the first things that I started to do is I started to be taught how to teach. Mm. So for, for six months, I started learning how to teach. The reason was because Torch Prep teaches high school kids how to take the ACT course. So I began learning how to teach principles, strategy, concepts of teaching, all in preparation for when I would teach a group of 30 high school students Mm -hmm. for hours. I mean, each course was like, you know, three hours in a day of teaching a lot. And I was being trained how to do this. And I really started to fall in love with communication and with teaching. Mm -hmm. And I started to imagine myself, you know, doing this for forever. Like this is, this is it for me as I started to progress and progress in it. Mm-hmm. And so the day came where I finally got to teach and I did it. I taught a group of 30 high school kids and it was that kind of feeling that you get when you spend a lot of time preparing for something and then you do it and it's successful and it feels like amazing. You know, I'm driving back. It was in Louisville. I'm driving back from Louisville after having doing this and I'm on the moon, you know, like just sky high accomplished something that was meaningful to me. Yeah. And I just began to imagine myself doing this forever. And really what I started, you know, I look back and I see my identity started to become, you know, this is who I am. This is what I am. Two weeks later or so I come to work and my boss brings me into his office. We start talking and he shares with me that the company torch prep is re structuring, reconfiguring how to do things. And only those who have a college degree will be able to teach. I do not have a college degree. So immediately crushing right. this thing that I got to do, I accomplished was like taken in a moment and it was crushing. I remember I went for a walk right after and I just, I started crying because it was, you know, I, you know, I was really wrapped up in this thing. Mm-hmm. and felt just absolutely defeated because this thing that I loved, I was never going to be able to do or so it felt. Mm-hmm. And I had this friend who processed this with me and he started asking me all these questions that, you know, I didn't want to talk about. Do you ever have that? I'm sure you guys have that friend who will ask all of the questions you don't want to talk about when you're going through something difficult, <laughs> but they're all the questions that you need to be asked. Yeah. You know, this is, this was that moment for me. So he's asking me all these questions and we're working through it and we get to the root of it. And I knew it was the root of it because when we got to the root of the issue, I could feel like a frog in my throat, mm-hmm. that feeling of like being choked up where you don't want to say what is really going on. And for me, it was this deep fear. And when I said it, I just started crying again, you know, just, waterworks and what i said to this person is i said i am afraid of being insignificant Mm. i'm afraid of being insignificant my identity was wrapped up in this teaching gig and when i wasn't able to do it anymore i felt insignificant Mm. and i think for many of us when we our identity gets wrapped up in the wrong thing when those things fail us or don't give us what we expect it crushes us. It makes you feel mm. insignificant. And so for me, it, that was a very enlightening moment. All right. Still doesn't tell the story of this thing that's sitting on my desk. So to get to that point, 
a couple weeks later, I come downstairs five o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm praying, spending some time with God. And there's a package inside my front door and it's wrapped like a Christmas gift. And it has an envelope on the top of it. They're kind of bound together. And I look at the envelope, it has my name on it. And I'm super curious at this point, like what is going on? When have you ever had a Christmas gift, you know, in the middle of July, yeah. and, you know, you know, with your name on it, right. It's like Santa Claus is real. So, you know, it's like, this, you know, what is going on? So I open this thing up. I look in the envelope. It has my name on it. It tells me to read what's in the envelope first before opening the package. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And I start reading what was in the envelope were like three or four pieces of paper, loose leaf paper. And they were just covered with words. And I start reading the words on the page and the words are telling me a story about a guy who would take old books, he'd carve holes in the middle of them and would hide things in them. If you can imagine, you open the front cover of an old book, you carve a square hole in it, you can hide stuff in it, you close the book, put it back on your shelf. He called it a book vault. So he's creating this book vault out of old books. And he gets to a particular old book and he's got the knife in hand and he opens the front cover of, of one of these books after he had been doing this for a while. And on the front cover of this next book was a signature, A.C. Gilbert. And he paused and he said, you know, who is this A.C. Gilbert? So he gets on the Internet, looks up the, uh, the guy and he's this A.C. Gilbert is the guy who made. I don't remember this, but some of you guys may if you're old enough, the erector set. He was the inventor of the erector set. And he did some other amazing, he was an Olympian. He created, he invented a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, this guy, who I'm reading his story in this paper, he pauses, he sees A.C. Gilbert, he looks him up, and he, he decides after looking him up, seeing this guy, that he can't destroy this book. And the reason was is because this book was this guy's autobiography. Wow. You know, so his life story is in this book and he's about to carve a huge hole in this guy's story, you know, <laughs> and so he can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it. And so he finishes this, the last few things on the store, on this paper, the story was this book had significance because of its creator. Yeah. This book had significance because of its creator. And so that's how the story ended. So I opened the package and I open the I open the package, and sure enough, in the package is a book by A.C. Gilbert. And I open the cover of the book, and the, in the cover of the book is A.C. Gilbert's signature in another envelope. And I open the envelope, and it says on the envelope, it says, Dakota, Dakota, you have significance because like this book, you are marked by your creator. Mm. You have significance because you're marked by your creator, you know, and I'm sitting five o'clock in the morning, you know, crying again. It's like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? But he spoke to the piece that that was critical for me to learn in this is that my identity comes from God. Mm. And so does yours. He's the one who made us. And so what I want to do next is I think God, God brought this scripture to mind. It's kind of an obscure scripture 
But if you have a if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew, pay, or uh, chapter twenty-two, verses fifteen to twenty-two, and it says, "Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then." What is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and they went away. Here's what I want to point out in this scripture is notice how um, the Pharisees were coming to Jesus to try and trap him. So they, Jesus was claiming to have his authority coming from God. And so they thought, well, if it's coming from God, then you don't have to do what Caesar wants you to do. So we're going to, we're going to trap you. We're going to trick you here. Mm-hmm. And the way that they were going to do that is by getting him to show that, you know, like he didn't have to do what Caesar wanted, which was to pay you know, pay these taxes. And Jesus so shrewdly and wisely says, show me that coin, right? They ask him, you know, do you have to pay taxes? He says, show me the coin. And they show him the coin. And on the coin was a picture of Caesar. And Jesus, again, wisely says, give back to Caesar's, to Caesar, what is Caesar? Caesar's. Mm. And he doesn't stop there. He says, and give God what is God's. Mm. Now the, the scripture ends there. Sadly, what should have happened is the Pharisees should have asked God or should have asked Jesus, what is God's? Mm-hmm. And if they would have asked Jesus, what is God's? Jesus would have responded by saying, whose image is on you? Mm. So good. Whose image is on you? Mm-hmm. Now, I can't claim that thought is coming from Myself, I heard that from a teacher named Ravi Zacharias. Some of you guys may be familiar with them. But it's a powerful point. Whose image is on you? And so to end this this little time this morning is our identity, when it's wrapped up in the wrong things, will crush us. It'll defeat us. Our identity is meant to come from God. He made you. And Jesus tells us that we are, you know, we know this because our image is that of God's, but he doesn't stop there. He says, you need to give to God what is God's. And so not only is it important for us to know that our identity is in God, it's important to follow what Jesus says here as Christians and to give to God what is God's. That is our life. We give, we give to God our lives and he makes of it something far better than we could make of it ourselves. And so I think I'll finish by saying this is two ways in which I personally make sure that that's happening in my life is through two means, prayer and the word. Yeah. The question that I asked myself after thinking about this was, when is the last time that I in prayer heard something from God and it changed my behavior mm. or changed my desire? When's the last time I read something from the scripture and it changed something that I did or something that I believed and how does that kind of play out in my life? And so through these two ways of prayer and the word and his word, the word of God, 
you find your identity. You'll, you'll read things about what God thinks of you and who he made you to be. And through his word and through prayer, you'll actually live out the identity that he created you to have, which is that of a son and a daughter to him. That's good. So I hope this, yeah, I hope this, I can pray for us too, but I hope this stirs up some things uh, in you. And I would also pray and ask you guys to pray that God would reveal where your identity might be wrapped up in the wrong things. Mm. And hopefully he'll point to some places in scripture where it can come back to the right, you know, the right in line with the right things. So good. That's good. That's really good. I've got some, some good notes. And Jeff Barber talked about, uh, maybe it was last week, Jeff, you talked about uh, believing and then does the belief change your behavior? And so I find that that's resonating with me again this morning, Dakota. It's good stuff. I'm proud of you. It's really good. And being sensitive to time, will you pray us into the rest of our Wednesday? Absolutely. Yes, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that I got to uh, share some different things that you've done in my life. And thank you that I've got to talk a little bit about your scripture. And I ask that for each of the men hearing this, that men and women who are hearing this, that they would uh, be drawn to your word and to prayer and would hear from you clearly things that, uh, that you have made them to be and that you'd help them to walk those things out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you. Love you, Dakota. Love, yeah. you. Love, love you guys. Sorry for the technical difficulty this morning, but I appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. Have a great day. All right. See you.